when you did your last full year when you did it in 2019, 2.9 million revenue. Do you remember total expenses that year? Uh, it was quite a bit, maybe like 2.2, something like that. Wow. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Alex Thimmel. Usually I read off a thing and I go, okay, what bio did they give me? But I can just speak from the heart with Alex, man. This thing started like I met this guy. It's got to be over four years ago at this point. And I learned, I've learned a couple things about Alex. Number one, uh, a guy runs an incredible SaaS conference called SaaS Stock, which is coming up here shortly, October 17th and 19th in Dublin that you want to check out. But never challenge this guy to any sort of beer drinking. He will not only drink you off the stage, he will dance you off the stage. He will sing you off the stage. He will take over the stage. Alex, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready, Nathan. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So give us the quick background. Obviously, you've got the big event coming up here in about three or four weeks. But how did what year did you put on the first SaaS stock? Yeah, it was 2016. September 2016 was the first SaaS stock. We pretty much worked on it for a, for a whole year, 12 months of period. I had no prior conference uh, experience. Um, but having set up a, like, a SaaS blog and podcast, the, the, the SaaS Revolution Show, then done some local SaaS meetups and looking for that entrepreneurial thing to do. Uh, the, the community and the audience that I built sort of back then was saying, like, why don't you do a SaaS conference? And I was looking for that entrepreneurial thing to do, and it kind of all came together. Obviously, the, 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 the limiting factor was zero experience in conferences, <laughs> um, which, which obviously was a big challenge. But, uh, you know, I had that, uh, uh, I say, blind entrepreneur optimism that kind of said, well, look, it's not going to be rocket science and I'll be able to do it. But obviously, I, I learned a lot of hard things uh, uh, along the way. But, you know, given 12 months to work on a single event, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, doing there and like grafting to get 700 founders from, uh, I think, like 34 countries to the first conference. And uh, I'd say the rest was history. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of history, you know, in between that time. But that, that was the first one, 2016. We were joking before this, you know, we were talking about like, it's hard to run a VC fund. It's hard to run a SaaS company. I mean, I will tell you, I've had a SaaS company. Founder path is sort of, it's not VC, right? It's debt. We don't take equity, but like, it's kind of the same. There's a fund we manage there. And then also like, we now have like a mini event. Dude, events are maybe the hardest because of just the, like the nature of the pressure. For example, in 2016, do you remember the initial check you had to write to reserve the space? Do you know what? It, it was super small initially. And I, and I but I kind of got, um, I said like, hoodwinked uh, into it or in, in terms of the strategy from uh, the, the particular venue. Um, but, you know, when I was looking in London, uh, you know, as a bootstrap founder, uh, I was being asked, you know, like looking at venues, they were like £80,000. Uh, I didn't have that sort of money. Uh, and you had to put, you know, a good deposit down for that. So I ended up looking in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and we looked at the venue, which is the RDS, which is the same venue that Web Summit, um, you, you know, used to run at. And the last Web Summit was in 2015, 2016. They had 40,000 people there. So this venue has like real capacity to scale. Uh, and when I looked at this beautiful uh, concert hall, which was the first sort of space that we were kind of like booking and hall three, I got a quote of 10,000 euros and I only had wow. to put 1,000 down, right? And I was like, I can do that. And then, you, you know, with the rest of it, you, obviously I'll, I'll just, you know, sell tickets and I'll sell sponsorship and 
it'll cover my costs. I think that 10,000 ended up being nearer to 40,000 by the time of the conference <laughs> because you've got to pay for certain things that you just didn't really realize that were kind of there. And if you want to use you know, any square inch of their property, you'll get charged for it. So there were a lot of things that I, I just wasn't aware of and it, it ended up becoming quite expensive, certainly for the first time for me. Wait, so so again, a lot, guys, I think a lot of you guys are SaaS funders listening, thinking about launching your own user conferences. There's a lot to learn here from Alex. So Alex, what were, what were those 30K in surprise costs you didn't anticipate? Uh, I, I mean, God, the, 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 the list is as long as my arm. Like one big surprise cost actually was, so like I started selling, selling sponsorships and my my first two sponsorships was, the first one was to Chartmogul. Uh, the second one, and I kind of pre-sold that one before the conference because Nick Franklin said, look, you know, if you do this conference, we'll sponsor it. Uh, and so as soon as I had a venue and uh, as soon as I, I think I had the, the date uh, before I had the website, I went to Nick and said, you said you would sponsor it. And, and he did. He kind of put his money where his, his How mouth much? was. Uh, it was like 15,000 euros, I think, okay. something like that, which is pretty good, right? And this is placing a bet on somebody that's never done anything like before. <laughs> this before, So it's it, it's a good bet. When we went live, um, you, you know, surprise, surprise, the, the, the first person that kind of contacted me uh, then was Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell, Chart Mogul's competitor. Um, and we ended up doing the deal on Christmas Eve with uh, uh, with PC. But um, I'd sold same, all same, of these. Same 15 like, grand? I think they paid a little bit less, a little bit of a discount. But Patrick was a hard negotiator. Yeah, um, yeah. And doing, even doing the deal on Christmas Eve, I was like, come on, man, it's Christmas. I need, I need the day off. But <laughs> I, I, was, I was grateful to get the deal done because obviously that gave me extra runway. Um, however, getting to the point, um, I sold all these packages and, and silver and gold and uh, et cetera. What I didn't realize was I was selling these booths and I didn't had, had no idea what the, the cost of the booth was going to be until like six months later. So actually on some of them, I'd lost money uh, on some of the sponsorship deals that I made. So that was kind of a big, real, uh, you, you know, uh, kind of kick in the teeth. And I tried in some cases to pass the cost on to the, the vendor, but in some cases they, they weren't, you know, amenable to that. So that was a, a, a bit of a learning, uh, certainly maybe the biggest kind of like F up, uh, uh, I, I would say. Um, How many total sponsors did you end up with in 2016? Do you remember? You know, it was, it was a pretty good amount. I want to say it was like over 30. Um, wow. And yeah, we and, and the revenue was 50-50 with ticket sales for the first year. I, th I think I had a good advantage in that um, I had 11-year sales experience so, uh, and like, given that I was, let's say a solopreneur, you know, back, uh, back at that time and very hungry and driven, you, you know, I was every day doing outbound and, uh, you, you know, we didn't get much inbound, even though a PC was an inbound, but I, I was just contacting everybody and, you know, managing to get some meetings and going out to meetings and closing deals. And, uh, yeah, so that, you know, that kind of really helped. So I was the first sales guy in the business um, until we got over a million in revenue and then we made our first hire. Interesting. And hire, so, that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, so going back to 2016 real quick, what was total revenue? This is like 350,000 euros roughly. Okay. So like yeah. one, one, 175 from ticket sales, 700 tickets, and another 175 from 30 sponsors. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and do you remember the large, this must've been a celebration. Do you remember the largest sponsorship you sold in the first year? Oof! I remember the the, the largest one we didn't sell, <laughs> but um, but I mean the, the the quick story there was obviously you you've got these you, you know the different tiers right, and you've got your top tiers which is often like a diamond or I think back then it was platinum. We started at five k, 
And I think we went up to 60K for the first year. Um, and we had no takers for the 60K. But at one point, Workable kind of, you know, had a look around uh, at this. And they were thinking about being the lead sponsor. But I think they offered me uh, 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 like 30K uh, for the 60K uh, package. And I said, no, uh, I said, I'm not doing 50% discount, et cetera. And, um, and then a couple of months later, I went back to them and I said, oh, look, you, you know, it doesn't look, well, I didn't say it doesn't look like I'm going to shift this package, but, you know, how do you feel like, could we make it happen? And, you know, they thought about it, but then at that point, they didn't have enough time to really execute uh, against the biggest kind of like package because of, you know, the resources Man. and it, the planning they needed. So I kind of like, shit, I should have taken the money. But back then, uh, obviously, I didn't uh, because you I learned. thought discounts too much. But yeah, you learned. You know, that's learned. A me- that's a incredible. Okay, so let's build the story out. So 2017. Do you remember uh, total attendees? Total attendees 2017. So we pretty much doubled. It was it was it was just under 1500. So it was like 1400 and something. Yeah. Yep. And sponsors. Sponsors. We probably doubled again. Um, okay. and revenue, we tripled, uh, I want to say well, actually wow. maybe more than, more than tripled, uh, um, so broke a million so second year over a million. Yeah. For the second year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and still 50, 50 split. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, almost probably like 60, 40, but in, in, in favor of partnerships, but, uh, yeah, yeah revenue was, uh, the, the split was fairly even. Did you learn? <clears throat> did you learn anything about those? I mean, the sponsor sales are what's key. It's basically your seed investment. <clears throat> like right at any event company, your sponsor paying up front is a seed investment. Do you learn anything going from thirty to sixty in your first two years just about selling sponsorships in general? Uh, I did. I did learn. Um, you, you know, certainly the it, it was a new sale for me, so I had to kind of really understand of you know the, the value proposition, what it, what it was that you know the customers were were after, and obviously it was. It, it, it was very good, you know, from a cash flow perspective because we could, you know, sign up a partner like we did with Chart Mogul twelve months ahead of the event, you know, and get the cash in the bank, you, you know, eleven months uh, ahead of the event, and that kind of really kind of helps you build the business on on customer revenue, right? So, uh, it, it definitely a, a strong model. Just trying to think, like in terms of like the the, the biggest learnings. Um, I mean, I think maybe it's just kind of like. Um, Wait, Alex. Know, let me be more specific. What's something yeah. that um, you you threw in your sponsor media pack in 2017 that you didn't think sponsors would care about, and it ended up being the thing a lot of them cared about? Oof. Um, yeah, good question. Um, they didn't really care about tickets. I tell you that uh, that that's sort of <laughs> one, one thing, right? So you keep you keep adding in. I was like, okay. To I remember having a conversation with Intercom, and to try and make the deal more sweet with them and they ended up not doing it this was in 2016 and in, in principle because they don't sponsor or they, they at the time first time conferences but they did sponsor in 2017 but i tried to to get this deal and i was chucking them like 25 tickets 30 tickets etc and they're like Look, we don't really care we don't want 25 people out of yeah. the office you know not being productive <laughs> uh you, you know you could argue that they could be productive right but um but certainly that that was a big learning like tickets was really not something that um that really kind of you, you know adds uh that much value Spe- speaking is what everybody kind of really wants right yeah. um and 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 that was a, a also sort of like big learning and we uh and definitely you know for the first time to the conference and i was like look we we're not paid to play and we don't want to be full of sponsors uh, you know, on stage, and you, you know, you're you're wary about the you know the editorial side of things, uh, and and our, our discerning customers, you, you know, being pitched to or, or kind of seeing like another sponsor up on stage, 
Um, but I think it's one of these tricky things that I think every conference organizer needs to 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 balance and manage, right? Because yep. some of your sponsors are really adamant that, hey, that they need to be speaking, but you've also got to be pretty like firm and fair that, well, look, these are our, you know, editorial guidelines and you're going to need to stick to them. And if we are going to give you a speaking slot because you've got the credibility and, you know, great content, like you just can't go in and start pitching your products. And they, they should know that anyway, because a product pitch will just like not go down well, yep. but you still get those ones that kind of sneak through, even if you do the vetting and, you know, things like that. And some people just don't care. And the bigger companies in some instances, just like, you know, don't really care and don't really listen. You just don't invite them back, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, and then, okay. So over a million in revenue in 2017, do you remember expenses? Uh, in 2017, I don't fully sort of remember expenses, but like we, you, you know, we were just above break even, you know, we, um, yeah. Cool. So, like, call it like 800, 900 can expenses, like 1.2 yeah, yeah. in revenue. We, 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 like we over, like, again, another, another lesson 20, maybe, maybe across all the years, but certainly maybe not a lesson learned. But 2016, 2017, arguably, we overinvested for a young, you know, for even first time conference, right? So, the, fir- the first event, we, we lost money. Uh, and actually, and the feedback, you know, in real time from most people was like, this is better. Uh, than what we expected, uh, you, you know, and maybe you, and people were saying, have you, you've probably overinvested in stage production, you know, in sponsor booths and so on and so forth. And, and we had, and I, I'd be, you know, we work with a, a great production partner that we still work with, but they perhaps also like oversold me and I kind of went for the best, you know, you can have, you can have like this, you can have that in the middle, or you can have the best. And I was like, I want the best for my event. And, and that was the most expensive. And, you know, and then I, I was just, confident that we'd be able to sell more and make a profit and you know that kind of came back to bite me a little bit in the beginning do you guys care about valuation right now specifically your valuation do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company there is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than Founderpath's new valuation tool We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Well, you've certainly grown it. Again, guys, if you're listening now going, wow, what a great origin story. You can see now the final product this year coming up in three or four weeks, uh, October, official starting October 16th, right? Dublin? Yeah, uh, October 17th. So uh, yeah, probably, uh, what is that? Five, six weeks time. Um, and yeah, like it's going to be our biggest one yet. We've had a three-year hi- hiatus because of yeah. COVID. So that's a weird thing. So Sastock is seven years old now, but for three years, we've actually not been able to run our flagship conference and our our main you know primary driver of revenue so it's kind of a weird thing so like i kind of say well are we actually four years old uh but you, you know in a seven years kind of time frame but um yeah. um but yeah so it's really we be weird and we're going like 2019 we had 3,000 attendees and we're going for 5,000 uh this year oh you and had live 3,000 in 2019 2019 3,000 yeah wow okay do you remember revenue then it was 2.9 million uh, and this is like in in sterling pound sterling right 
Okay. 50, 50 sponsors tickets still. No, no, it, it, it started to shift. The bigger you get, uh, and certainly in our experience, and we've seen this in the market, the bigger you get, the more the revenue tends to shift towards sponsorships uh, yep. versus tickets, because as you kind of scale, there's, there's got to be, there's a blend of like tickets coming in through paid tickets, through partners, through some, you know, complimentary for scholarships and things like that and media and so on and so forth. Um, so you, you start to see uh, that that shift towards more like a 70-30 split towards yep. partnerships. And in that, when you did your last full year, when you did in 2019, 2.9 million revenue, do you remember total expenses that year? Uh, it was quite a bit, maybe like 2.2, something like that. Wow. Okay. So still profitable yeah. break even. Which was the biggest yeah. expense? Is it just venue or booth construction or something else? Uh, venue is a big one. Um, we're talking like six figures, um, and then just overall production. So, you, you know, we work with a, a production company, Catapult, they're great. Um, you, you know them. And yeah. each year we've actually signed up a three year partnership with Catapult worth over 1.5 million, um, yeah. uh, with them, uh, and to them, uh, at a minimum, um, and yeah, that's kind of always our, our, our biggest expense. And, and maybe in 2019, we spent about 750, 800K with them, something yep. like that. Yep. And the venue is six figures. I'm actually surprised. I'm sure, I'm surprised the venue isn't uh, seven figures. You got you got that whole venue for under a million. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's because I, I guess it's also like the, the, the space. We definitely did uh, get it for uh, uh, under a million. And um, yeah, I guess kind of like good pricing in, in Dublin. But um yeah, That's like we, we we buy the the space in various sort of like blocks, and so that we could scale this to forty thousand, you, you know, in yeah. in the future. But um, but in terms of the rooms that we book, um, you know, it's been I'd say fairly good value for money, uh, even though it's a big expense. But uh, comparative to let's say you know what folks are paying in the US, and you know, it's oh, yeah. uh, it's pretty good value for money. Silly what we pay to do an event in New York compared to what you can get at RDS. Yeah, um, New York's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 2022, again, you're expecting 5,000 this year. Now, look, one thing people always wonder is, hey, how many of these are sort of tickets to minorities, scholarships, partners, et cetera, versus sort of paid? What is that usual? Like, what do you anticipate that being this year? Yeah, so uh, this year, we're probably looking at something like, you know, 10 to 15%, um, which will be, you know, scholarships, complimentary tickets. You know, we're looking at you know, diversity uh, and inclusion tickets. We're We're looking at um, you, you know, founders with zero revenue, uh, you know, founders that uh, are, are less than, uh, I think, sort of like 250K, um, you know, in ARR uh, mm -hmm. and so on. And so we, we get a number through that. Um, and uh, yeah, then we kind of like look at like media passes and, you know, other, uh, other kind of avenues. You'll think you'll do about 4,000 then paid tickets. Well, yeah, but there's also like partners. So if you look at, so we're, we've got a huge, um, from a partner side of things in the main hall, we're going to have about 75, 80 partners, which are, let's say are the kind of the, the AB kind of tier partners, bigger, bigger company names, right? We're talking, um, you know, companies like uh, Intercom and Chargebee and Founderpath and, uh, and so on, right? Uh, and then we've got our startup program, which will be another 150 companies in the startup program. Um, and through that, through partners, you're probably doing, you know, a thousand plus tickets uh, yeah. as well. So from a sales side, you, you know, I would say that we're looking at probably about two and a half thousand or maybe 2,800 paid plus yeah. the, you know, the thousand plus partners plus speakers plus your, your, your media passes plus your comps, et cetera. And it, and it all kind of adds up to, you know, just over 5,000.
Now you're diversifying. Before we wrap up here, talk to me a little bit more about this founder membership concept you guys have launched. What do people get if they buy that? Yeah, yeah, good question. So what we're building with the SaaS founder membership is we're trying to build, you know, the world's leading support uh, organization for B2B SaaS founders. So it's a bit like a YPO or an EO for for SaaS, but very it's purely focused on B2B SaaS founders that are on their journey from zero to ten million. So. It, you get peer groups, support groups, you know, uh, like monthly mastermind. You get to build out a global network of, of SaaS founders and some networking uh, events. And you get specific education. So beyond the, the usual SaaS content, whether that's through our podcast or conferences, we bring in experts like we've got Dave Kellogg coming up in a couple of weeks. He's coming in to do a workshop on scaling into the U.S., uh, oh, wow. And so we, we we leverage our network of these great people to come in and run these sessions. Additionally, um, you know, we get things like the the Sassel Founder Member uh, Annual Retreat, uh, which you came to, uh, you know, in Amalfi, and we bring it was, incre- it was incredible. Yeah, to, to, to come together for a couple of days to kind of network, do roundtables, learn from each other uh, and learn from mentors and those that are a few steps ahead. So it, it's, um, you, you know, it founders can't go it alone, right? And and some some do, right? You do have solo founders. So we're looking at really, you know, whether you're bootstrapped, solo founder, or VC backed, to kind of get you that support from other founders to to really kind of help you, you know, make better uh, decisions, you know, get more confidence in terms of what you're doing, um, and help you grow to 10 million ARR faster. Very cool. Last question before we wrap up: You always feature up and coming founders. You know your startup program. If you had to pick, I'm gonna ask you to pick a baby. Pick one of them. You know that's speaking this year that you're just like, wow, these guys in five years they're the next intercom. Uh, yeah, good question. Like off the top of my head, um, let's go with uh, Expandy, Stefan Smolders. I think he's speaking <laughs> at your event. Uh, yep. They've got to 7 million ARR in like two and a half years, bootstrapped, you know, doing something right. And uh, so, yeah, that, off the top of my head, Stefan Smolders. Guys, check it out. SaaStock.com. Grab tickets quickly. They're almost sold out. The event's coming up. I'll be there. If you're there, text me 703-431-2709. We'll spend some time together. Uh, obviously, Alex, you're about to go into hunker down mode with all the last minute details associated with events. We're rooting for you, man. And I'll see you soon. Thanks, Nathan. There's also a code for your users. LATKA30 will give you a 30% discount. Oh, boom. L-A-T-K-A-3-0. Yeah. All right, guys, go buy it. Go, go use that bad boy up. We appreciate it. Alex, thanks so much. See you soon. Thanks, Nathan.